Episode 204, Showbiz Retrospective. I'm your host, Anais Lucia, with the awesome Gary, who is back again. <laughs> Hi, Anais. So good to be back. Always yes. so much fun. Yes. And you see, you know, he's a little bit more stable in his camera. So that's nice. <laughs> um, but nice to have you back. And yeah, you know, I thought we already talked about origin of symmetry um i spoke to someone else about black holes and revelations because those were like your favorite albums so i thought hey we have to go back and talk about the debut album of muse because i mean you have to (laughs) it's our debut album um and i just want to apologize uh for you know to the listeners for maybe taking a while between episodes i've been like moving and stuff so it's been kind of crazy um, but yeah, but we're back and I have other awesome episodes planned. So uh, also just, you know, that cover, that beautiful cover you heard was uh, by HWA Music on YouTube. So HWA, you should be able to see a link in the video description. But he has really awesome covers, not just of Muse, but he does some Beatles covers, Oasis covers. Very, very, very talented. So you should definitely check him out and subscribe. All right. So Showbiz, Muse's debut album. It was first released on September 7th, 1999 in France. They got it first. Then September 28th, 99 in the U.S., then October 4th in the UK. So US was Maverick Records, Madonna's label. And then UK, it was released by Mushroom Records. I love Mushroom and Mushrooms and Taste Media. So Mushroom Tastes, lots of, you know, uh, tasty. It makes you think of eating. It makes me hungry. <laughs> um, writer, composer, well, you know, Matt Bellamy pretty much did most of it of writing and composing it was produced by john leckie who also worked with radiohead and paul reeve uh the artwork was done by tanya andrew and matt bellamy he has credit I'm not sure what he exactly he did maybe he took the picture of the woman i don't know it was one of his many ladies that he had at the time <laughs> um and uh yeah, so it was recording between 1998 and 1999. So before we get more into the album, Gary, what do you think about just kind of maybe some thoughts on the album as a whole? Like, when did you first listen to it? Yeah, so actually that was the last Muse album I listened to as I was getting into Muse because Ooh. I kind of went chronologically backwards because I got into Muse with The Resistance and then I'm like, oh, killer band. Let me check out the rest of their stuff. And I just kind of went backwards. So um it was the last one I listened to. Um, what I noticed is um, usually when you listen to a band, especially chronologically, you're like, oh, wow, this band gets better and better. Or, oh, this is this period. And then that was that period. With Muse, even with their debut album, they're like on top of their game. Um, it's 
it's its own thing. Don't get me wrong. It's its own personality. It's its own entity, but Mm -hmm. it is Muse. It's not like the band got better per se or more skilled as it went on. You know, they've just changed, of course, but the talent's always been there. That's the one thing that really just hit me across the head with showbiz. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, kind of, I mean, I, I first heard about them like when Absolution came out, so I listened to you know origin and showbiz but you didn't have to go as far back yeah not as far back but i definitely i was like this is amazing i love it oh my gosh so yeah definitely talented from the beginning no wonder they you know got signed and so they were so young too that's the thing they were i think under 20 at that time when they wrote this album i think like 19 i think probably like 19 maybe 18 19 20 around that time so that's kind of just thinking about them like hmm, like thinking when i was 19 <laughs> or any other what like, was i doing when i was 19 <laughs> not writing an epic album that's for sure like just when you hear the music and the lyrics and stuff like you probably wouldn't think some 19 year old 18 year old wrote, wrote it i mean no offense to 18 year olds <laughs> but <laughs> i'm sure there are some amazing ones but typical not really but you know a lot of experience packed into those 19 years yeah so all the songs on the album have been had been written by 1997 back around you know hanson spice girls time (laughs) i was was listening to that in 97 so uh just some context there uh they were among 50 or so uh songs that muse had written before entering the studio and they actually picked the ones that they thought were less progressive to make to make it onto showbiz. So that was pretty interesting. Maybe they saved the more progressive ones for origin. We're like, oh, this is a little more crazy, or you know, we'll keep that for later. Um, and so, thirteen songs were actually recorded for the album, and "Spiral Static" was one that did not make it on the album. Amazing song. Um, but yeah, they attempted in the sessions, but apparently the vocals were too difficult for Matt to, you know, kind of get it to where he liked it. So it was actually scrapped, um, but they finished it in January 2000 as a Japanese bonus track. Always. Always the Japanese yeah, bonus tracks. <laughs> That's how they get you. Spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> and other songs such as Pink Ego Box, that was also known as Instant Messenger, um, was considered for the album as well, but it was left for a B-side release as the band did not think it was good enough to be on the album. I thought it was good enough. I mean, I think all their B-sides <laughs> are amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, they are. <laughs> I, I love, oh, yeah. I just, they need to release just B-side, Muse B-side album. Because, I mean, I pretty much downloaded all of them, but it would be nice to have like an official release of just all of them. Instead of having to buy all the singles, it would be nice to just be like, all right there in one place muse i'm just giving you ideas to make more money okay just even though i already have them i will spend the money <laughs> if you release a set of b-sides i'll still give you more money just here take my money um so i'm here for the, your the ideas okay um so all right let me see okay oh so matt the way he described the album he said it's all about power and hitting people with large walls of sound which they definitely did and some of the songs were on showbiz have changed shape over the course of the five years that they have been playing them you can translate songs differently in a loud or heavy way or a mellow and quiet way and still make it good 
on songs like Falling Down and Unintended, the words came first, but usually the music is first, then the melody. And then it's getting the lyrics to fit around the music. So yeah, that's kind of what I heard about Matt, is that he usually comes up with the music first and then the lyrics later, but apparently for Falling Down and Unintended, it was the words first. And what Chris said about the album was that it's not all about relationships with people. It's sometimes about growing up with all this technology and everything around us. I think you can learn to do things the wrong way. The problem becomes communicating with people. Then again, on the other hand, the internet and email have made it easier. It's a smaller world. Our songs could seem negative from the outside, but it's uplifting for me. It's about sharing experiences. Okay, if you hear that or read that, how old would you think these guys are? They do not sound like typical 18, 19 year olds. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. These guys are just amazing. <laughs> so intelligent, um, so well spoken. Yes, I would I would have loved to have known them in high school. Be like, these are the cool, smart kids. I want to hang yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So the album has actually gone to sell over 300,000 copies in the UK, making it platinum. And it has sold over 700,000 copies worldwide not enough guys so everyone who hasn't bought showbiz go give muse your money (laughs) right now come on let's let's make it a million come on um showbiz was actually reissued on double 12 inch vinyl under warner in europe and north america in 2009 to commemorate the 10 year anniversary of the debut album and also in 2009 they actually had a contest where three lucky fans would sign win, uh, sign copies of Showbiz if they could guess which rocker tried to sign Muse sometime after Maverick did. So, Gary, do you know who, which rocker tried to sign Muse? Let's see. I, I knew this one, but a year of quarantine, I my brain doesn't work that way anymore. Okay. So, it's actually, let's see if I get this name right. Serge Tankian from of System. Of course, System. Yeah, local band. Ah, yeah, I totally knew that. I didn't know he had a record label. So Surgical Strike. Okay. All right. So let's get into the song. Let me let me see if this works. Okay. I just don't want to get copyrights struck. So that's why it's sometimes, you know, playing this music is hard. But let's see if I can do a little bit. And my phone is being stupid because what's so we're gonna start with some sunburn. We can't play the whole thing because of YouTube copyright strike. But this song, you know, recorded in 1999, obviously written and composed by Matthew Bellamy. You know what? I'm not gonna say that for every song because all of them were written by Matt Bellamy. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, so yes, piano, piano arpeggios uh, driven by a, um, followed by a heavier guitar chorus and it was actually one of the last songs written for the album but it was at the beginning and um so yeah so while most of the songs on the album had been written between 96 and 98 sunburn and falling down were the only two that were actually written in late 1998 so one of the last ones written and despite going on to be the most played song from the album and the only song to make consistent appearances on every tour sunburn was rarely performed live sadly between january and june 1999 there were just two known performances of Sunburn. But I think I actually have seen them perform, like, I mean, 
out of the nine times I've seen them. I'm, I think I've seen them do it once. Maybe I imagined it in my head. Maybe it was like one of the, <laughs> maybe it was Glastonbury. Cause I think on the Glastonbury, like that DVD or the show that was on the Absolution um, disc, I think they performed it there. Unless I imagined it. Like, I know I've seen a live performance of it. I just don't know <laughs> if it was in person or on a live show, but I know I've seen it. Um, but Lucky. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so as far as an interpretation, um, according to the Muse Wiki, I'm, I'm getting a lot of this from Muse Wiki, so shout out to Muse Wiki for compiling this information. Um, it is possibly about the band struggling money-wise before they were signed. And the lyrics could also suggest the possibility about, about it being a, about a stripper or a prostitute. Um, and the alternative meaning, um, it could be about a girl who was associated with the band before they made it, uh, who Bellamy regrets having to leave behind due to him seeing her as a star so he saw her as a star interesting so i like playing this one well the intro i haven't learned the whole thing but i love playing the intro on the piano me too this feels really cool like it's relaxing those arpeggios yeah i love it i'm just like and it's like for people that don't know how to play the piano when they see me play it they're like all impressed i'm like (laughs) it's so it's an easy way to impress people like that don't know how to play the piano like it just like looks sounds cool it sounds beautiful so um any thoughts on sunburn um excuse me sorry um my my dad's having an emergency oh shoot okay um we will let gary go handle that and i'll stay here um and i just want to say hi to abby Abby Dos. Uh, sorry, this screen is kind of. Um, well, I'm going to change it right now. There we go. There we go. It's the, it's just me. So that is the um, information on Sunburn. So now we're going to move on to one of my favorite songs on this album. Dun, 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 dun. Hopefully this works. Oh no. Okay. It is Muscle Museum, baby. Yes. Hear the rain right there? Oh, he's back. Is this a new version of Muscle Museum? I've never heard this version before. What is this? What is happening, people? I've never heard this before. Interesting. Okay, so while this interesting, this is like our first time listening to this. I don't know. I've never heard this version. Maybe it's like a long intro to Muslim Museum. I sorry, I kind of have to talk over it just because YouTube copyright. Um, so yeah, interesting. Um, so again, this, so this one was produced by Paul Reeve. Oh yeah. It was a long intro with some rain. It seems like, um, the highest chart position for muscle museum was 25 on the UK chart. So yay. Should have been number one. Just, (laughs) just saying, but this song actually came from a practice session at Matt Bellamy's house early in Muse's existence. 
um, with the guitar parts coming before the bass line and percussion respectively. And Matt said that the song is about how people don't really uh, face up to their inner emotions a lot of the time and they just get on with their mundane life, which I can kind of tell from, you know, the lyrics and stuff. And that the song is also about the conflict between the body and the soul or mind, how sometimes one element of your being will not will not allow something to happen. For example, say your body wants to have sex with the girl, but your mind reminds you that you have a girlfriend. It's that inner conflict. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe, you know, is that, are you referring to something you had to go through, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that's referring to but yeah i freaking love this song it's amazing um just uh what do you think gary just about muscle museum it's it's um my favorite song on the album is yeah. yeah um the baseline it's it's so simple but it just grabs me grabs my attention it's like well something important is happening right now do no 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 um and also Oh yeah, it's like repetitive, but I don't know. It's just powerful at the same time. Um, but I must say, <laughs> the immature side of me, because there's still a little part of me that hasn't grown up. Um, mm-hmm. This song has my favorite Muse lyrics in it. Uh, the toilet one. <laughs> I have played in every toilet, but yeah. you still want to spoil it. I mean. I know what he means by that. It, it's not really toilet humor, but he he rhymes toilet and spoil it. I mean, yes, I thought I was like, I'm like the first. I think the first time I heard it, I was like, did he actually say toilet? I had to look it up because I'm like, I just want to make sure. Like, I, I had to rewind that. and then look up the liner notes just to be sure. Then I googled it. Did he, what? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know uh, where they got the title from? No, don't tell me. So they actually got the title because the words, because Muse, in the dictionary, Muse is between muscle and museum. And museum. So, Perfect. Genius. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> Muse, I mean, Muse is just simple sometimes. Like, I mean, I don't know if you know, but they picked the name Muse because it can, because it's few letters and it could look big on a poster. That was like the <laughs> For, for picking me as I'm like, that's smart. They're just smart dudes. <laughs> so, but it, it worked. If it wasn't for that short name, I wouldn't have remembered them when I first heard of them. Because I, yeah. I, the first time I heard them, like, I didn't look them up right away. I had, And then the next day, I was like, I want to look up that band. And I was like, oh, I'm really bad with names. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, shoot, Muse. Okay. So if it was a longer name, I probably wouldn't have remembered them. So thank you, Muse, for the short name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One more thing I want to add about Muscle Museum. Um, The outro, for a while, I thought it was guitar. No, it's just Matt's high voice. That that always impressed me so very much. Yes, I was actually going to talk about that because, um, you know, they mentioned that in the, you know, wiki about how he sings the guitar solo. And Matt said, I wanted to do this big epic guitar solo at the end of the chorus. And as soon as I started doing the solo, I missed a chord. So I suddenly found myself (laughs) singing the guitar solo instead. I ended up singing it into a martial amp and it sounded exactly like guitar. (laughs) So talented, just... I mean, he's a walking guitar. If he's not singing, he can do anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also, 
Um, there's, it seems like there might be a reference to their hometown of Tinmouth, um, where, you know, I guess some people in the town wanted to convince Muse that they were doing something wrong um, with the lyrics, you know, to prove I've made a big mistake, which I can definitely relate to someone from a small town. Like, it's hard when you're from a small town, but you want to do like something in entertainment, like people are so like negative, like, because they're projecting, you know, that they're too afraid to go after their dreams. So they're always like, eh, you're never going to make it. And it's hard. Like, so whoever's listening, you know, if small town, don't listen, you know, take notes from Muse, take notes from me, even though I'm not famous. But hey, I left my small town. So, <laughs> so well, you know. most people who make it big are from small towns. So you don't have to be from L.A. or New York to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Like small towns are actually can be more inspirational for someone going up, but that's a whole different yeah. topic. But yeah. I'm a small town girl. <laughs> Living in a music world. Okay. So next, next, let's get my audio going. Sorry, folks. I'm playing this from my uh, phone because I'm doing, we are doing the, if you're just listening, we are doing the podcast live streaming um so yeah so never mind it's something's going on but now we're going to talk about philip or philippe i don't know how there's two different ways to pronounce it but i'm going to talk a little bit about that in a bit but it, it was produced by john lecky the most recent live performance was in 2001 um and this one oh there we this wait sorry Philippe. Wait, why is Muscle Museum like six minutes long on this? Oh, Japanese edition. Oh, I guess Japanese edition has a really long version of Muscle Museum. All right, let's check it out, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> check it out after the show. So, Philippe, okay. Um, so, apparently, it was performed at nearly every gig in 1999. And it continued to be performed often in 2000 and even into 2001. Though it has yet to be performed since. Sad. Um, and okay, so according to the Muse Wiki, the information I got from there, uh, the word Philip or Philippe um, means something that adds some stimulation or enjoyment. It also, it's also the word for the action of pushing the thumb and fingertips together till they give way to one another, producing a cracking sound. So basically, like this this is a yeah. Philip or Philippe. <laughs> there we go um the yeah the latter meaning seems to tie in some someone with the song's meaning since producing a philip suggests calling for immediacy it's happening soon it's happening soon um so yeah everyone when you do this that's a philip philip <laughs> um so yeah it's one of i don't think i've ever seen this one perform live sadly do you like this song, Gary? I do. Um, this is the only song when I listen to it that has a 90s sound to it. When you listen to it, like, oh, this song was definitely made in the 90s. Not as a knock, because I love the 90s, but there's some production elements and some of the guitar work is mm. very reminiscent of the 90s. And yeah, not comparing, but I've heard a few other bands employ like some of those same like guitar pedals, yeah. and, especially kind towards of- the ending. And that whole, um, that build up with that whole... Like almost like a gallop, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of reminds me a little bit of um, '90s optimism. 
Yeah. <laughs> kind of, I don't know, like maybe, I don't know, silver chair a little bit. I don't know if anyone knows who silver, silver chair is, but I don't know. When I first heard Muse, that was like a, I was, I, to me, that kind of reminded me of like, yeah, some Radiohead and silver chair. Um, do you know silver chair? Uh, my my friends would make me listen to him, but I never became a super duper fan. But oh, okay. I totally see the similarities. Yeah, but now you know I, I've listened to enough where I can tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so next we're gonna go to one of their slower songs. Why are these so long? Oh no, it's not so long. Okay, I just don't know. How yes falling down which i feel like it definitely sounds like the name it definitely sounds like you're falling down <laughs> i can just Slowly. imagine yeah uh it was first uh performed live in february uh 17th 1999 and the last performance was december of 20 december 11th of 2012 uh produced by john lecky so it's a little bit more you know, sad jazzy song um and it was likely to have been performed a handful of times in 98 um but there's no kind of way to really confirm it because there hasn't been like a lot of playlists that were found from that time and alongside overdue and escape falling down did not reappear for the origin of symmetry tour and apparently it's a song about tin myth so Tin Myth again, you know, it makes sense. You know, it's their first album, you know, they're young kids or they're going to be probably, you know, talking about their their small town. And I totally relate. You know, you kind of want to get that out. You know, <laughs> you know we're going to it's a good way to get it out. If you have any resentment about anything in life, just get it out through a song. At least make some money off of your resentment. <laughs> like, you know, so if you're mad at someone who broke up with you, ghosted you, whatever, write a song about it. Don't get revenge or anything. That you're, How are you going to get rich off of that? No, do what Taylor Swift does, do what Muse does, write a song about it, make some money, get rich. <laughs> Use your resentment for art and get rich. So and once you have the money, then you can slash the tires. But yeah. don't, don't do that anyway. You can just hire someone to do it, and that way no one will know it was you. <laughs> so you'll be that rich <laughs> that you can hire people to do that stuff. So this is one of the other ones, uh, like Unintended, where the words came before the music. Um, and that it was about his teenage years growing up in a, quote, boring little town that didn't have anything to offer me. Totally can relate to <laughs> Um, the only time the town came to life was during the summer when it turned into a vacation spot for visiting Londoners. When the summer ended, they left and took all the life with them. I felt so trapped there. My friends were either getting into drugs or music. For, in my town, it was they were either getting into drugs, um, drinking, or getting pregnant. So, not music, sadly. Um, but Matt said uh, that he gravitated towards music. And that eventually learned how to play and that music became his escape. And if it wasn't for the band, I would probably have turned to drugs myself. So music saves lives, people. All right. That's why I think arts education is so important. And I hate that, you know, when schools cut funding for it, I'm just like, what? No. Unfortunately, it's always the first thing they always go after, too. It's so annoying. Like, they think... Oh, because it's not going to get you to 
you know become a doctor or whatever it's not important it's actually like really important like yeah because people need a way to express themselves that's not violent or you know anything you know drugs or anything like that so you gotta have art it's important um oh my gosh and then um matt said that parts of the song were actually about blowing up tin myth um because <laughs> uh, you know fifteen thousand people scream <laughs> um you know fifteen thousand people is a population of tin myth and seaside towns are not great places to grow up in um they're very nice places where you can leave your doors open and all that but it's just got a small town vibe about it i think some of the song was actually about wanting to blow it up <laughs> so <laughs> when they say fifteen thousand people scream they were all begging for your dream so that's i was like okay that makes sense all right now, now I know he plays in front of fifteen thousand people better alternative i think yes <laughs> um and then oh so it also talks about how um they the t- the people in the town like wouldn't give him wouldn't give muse a chance uh when he says you would never hear me sing so oh good good what what do you think about this one it's a very lonely sounding song um mm. like i don't i know it's in england and everything but when i hear this song i just picture matt walking in like an an old west town just by himself tumbleweeds going through he's alone he has a dream but it's a struggle at this point in time um and the song it just kind of stays unresolved i think maybe we get some answers later on but at this point in time he's just he's an island um Mm -hmm. and i get that vibe too when i listen to it and i end up on an island so it's it's a lonely sound it's a beautiful song but it's a very lonely song definitely probably kind of you know just how maybe he felt that town just no one really understands you and uh, but they persevered and now they're millionaires and famous (laughs) (laughs) next we're gonna go on to yes Cave Baby Cave. The Bat Cave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the alternative title for this song. Do you know, Gary, what the alternative title for this one is? Negative. It is actually Nova Scotia. I didn't know that one either, but yeah, Nova Scotia. Uh, yeah, the whole Canadian theme. <laughs> just just like the series. I knew it, but quarantine year yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and the chart highest chart pers- position for this one was 52 um still you know top 100 not not bad not bad it was produced by both john lecky and paul reeve um and it was actually one of the first songs muse ever recorded first appearing on the muse ep so paul reeve produced the muse ep version and john lecky produced the showbiz album version and that Cave was originally written around 1996, although it could have originated earlier than that. Um, And Matt said that the idea for Cave came from that rubbish American book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. There's a bit about how men go into a cave when they get stressed, and I think that's probably true. Although personally, I tend to let it out. I did have a bit of a tantrum in my hotel bathroom last night, but I managed to repair the toilet. So that's okay. <laughs> so more talk about toilets. More toilets, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad they didn't name the 
album toilet oh yeah uh, that's something i would like to ask matt I'm like matt what do you think? like are you really into toilets what's like <laughs> the best toilet you've ever seen out of all the hotels you guys have stayed at like he's probably has he's probably i feel like he's a type of, type of guy who probably take pictures of awesome toilets and like a true really, connoisseur yeah he's he could probably talk about toilets for a while so <laughs> <laughs> that's good apparently yeah <laughs> And at a performance of the song at Melbourne ABC Studios in 2000, Matt says at the beginning of the performance that the song is about an old friend of mine. He's not a friend anymore. Ooh, did you kill him? <laughs> um, so the remix of Cave was actually not made by Muse themselves. It was done by Mushroom, which is awesome. Um, not mushroom media, so much mushroom. Like, I just love mushrooms, but yeah, it's done by Mushroom, the artist Mushroom, uh, when they were out of the country. Um, and Matt apologized for the remix's poor quality. Um, and actually, I didn't know this, but Cave is featured in the soundtrack for the film Little Nikki. I didn't know because I haven't seen Little Nikki. Did you watch the movie or is that Adam Sandler? Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. yeah, I'm more into like older Adam Sandler. <laughs> film so i haven't seen that one um so it appeared as far as being performed live it was performed quite a bit during 1999 and 2000 um but by the end of 2001 matt had become tired of the song and he disliked playing it because first of all it was an old song and because the chorus was too difficult to sing uh, the band said in an interview with a fan around 2004 that Cave was a song they were sick of playing live. Oh, come on. How can you get sick of this song? Let's go. Okay. Um, but despite the despite that, it was played for the first time in eight years at Tinmouth and following gigs, a half step down on piano instead of guitar. And it continued to make rare appearances during 2009 and two performances in 2010 before being dropped again. Dang. So don't know if we'll ever see Cave again. I hope so. Yeah. They just need to do like, I don't know if I already, I think maybe I already told this, said this to you, but you know, for anyone who hasn't heard this, but I feel because Hanson did this, um, but Matt Muse should do like a tour where they every night they play like all like the entire album like one night is like you know in order so it's like you know a whole week you know one night showbiz second night all of origin but I know that'd be a lot for them that's a lot of albums I mean at least do the first four just do the first four like just tour those are the ones most people like anyway so <laughs> no offense but most people like those um and i think gary's frozen oh no i hope i'm still live shoot oh shoot here's some comments gary i hope he comes back he's kind of frozen let me get his thing off so his image um you know because we don't want him to you know look all frozen hopefully he comes back i have this bar in my face so let me see i'm just gonna check in the, on the comments right now so sorry um hi thank you for liking the videos escape that song hurt it hurts you when you listen to it can you relate to it is that why i'm sorry about that um uh abidos I like your first of all i want to say i love the a i like your little profile picture i think that's cool it's really pretty a 
Um, Muscle Museum was the first song I learned on guitar. Oh, cool. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one to learn. Acoustic version of Muscle Museum. That would be amazing. Um, Abby, Abby Dos, I don't want you to adore me. Don't. Oh, okay, so the lyrics. Same. Same. What are you, what are you referring to when you say same? I want to know. And then um, I love the final chord progression. It's a gosh darn <laughs> plot twist. Oh, are you talking about Cave? I think you're talking about Cave. Let's bring Gary back. He's sorry, back. everyone. I don't know what happened. <gasps> you're, you you didn't get blown up. I'm <laughs> I went into the internet cave and came back out of it. <laughs> yes, bring back the puns. Um, but yes, just Muse. I'm just giving you more ideas. Please do that what i said okay i'm i just want you guys to be more rich okay so go on tour and play one album every night just do the first four albums like i said if you do the other ones people might not want to go because you know they like the other ones first <laughs> more <laughs> so just do the first four albums i'll pay whatever it is and have vip options too so i can buy those and um yeah just do it okay so i'm just trying to help you guys out just even more rich all right let me know if you want Muse to go on tour and play all of their albums and for uh absolution for the absolution night they have to have orchestra <laughs> there with them all right got to yeah not a track i want the actual orchestra okay <laughs> next we're gonna go with the title track showbiz baby uh-huh this one is a rarely played live treats for old muse fans um and a, just like a lot of muse songs you know this is another one that starts off slow and then at the end it's just you know goes crazy you know it builds up you know lots of building up of momentum um which i think is one of the reasons i love muse it's kind of like it's always a journey it's like hmm okay this is especially when you're first li listening to a new muse song it's like okay it's starting off slow it's like you know it's it's going to be a treat. Can't wait. Um, at one point, this was the band's favorite song. And apparently one of the reasons that the album was named Showbiz because they wanted people to focus on the song. All right. Um, and then fans around um, 1999, uh, mid-1999, asked the band to release Showbiz as a, the third single. But... They said it was never going to happen. Um, and it is uh, the only non-single song to make an appearance during Absolution and Black Holes and Revelations tour. So I I've, I have seen that song played live because I did go on both, go see them both during both those tours. So yeah. Um, and it's actually regarded as one of the band's greatest songs by the fans and reviewers alike. Gary, do you agree with that? Oh, of, of course. I mean... How could I not? But again, I love all the songs. That, yeah. You think it's one of their best? So no, you don't think so. I just think there's a couple of better ones. That's all. Okay. But that's just my taste. That's it. I'm okay. not knocking showbiz at all. Get let's, out of here. No, <laughs> Bye. Muse is like, we said it was our favorite. No, I'm just kidding. You have to agree. But one cool, amazing thing about this song is that, the you know, matt's vocal range it goes from c sharp three to g sharp five which marks his 
both his highest note to date shared with survival and micro cuts and also one of the widest vocal ranges in a muse song so definitely showing his talent that young you know that early in the game you know so matt is just an incredible incredible just we're so lucky to have them i think i'm just i'm just happy to be alive at the same time that they are it's just i couldn't be alive when the beatles or you know i were at their peak but at least you know i can tell my kids you know grandkids like yes muse <laughs> i was there at their shows <laughs> screaming oh my grandma needs her pills again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be yes um it's like oh you see that girl screaming her head off you know like the fans <laughs> like i was there at the muse concert um but Bella, uh, matt was actually quoted as saying that the song showbiz is about how we all have an inside personality that we sort of hide from the outside um and that the lyrics are possibly a reference to the difficulty of hiding your inner persona or perhaps about the impact performing has on your life you know showbiz and it kind of it's funny because this was you know late 90s that he said this about you know the difficulty of hiding your inner persona and i feel like that kind of relates a little bit to maybe social media that was before kind of social media so matt was ahead of his time <laughs> as man. always yes <clears throat> so or for 19 uh, in 1999 showbiz was performed at nearly every concert um, every gig, with the exception of three gigs, um, until around 2002. Uh, when's the last, let's see, when's the last time it was performed? Last performance, oh, 2019. So maybe it was like kind of rare once in a while. Was it during that? Maybe medley? That, during the medley, I wonder if it was maybe? That on, on that on request. Remember they did that on request show in France? Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I think it was during that one which was Could an amazing be. show i watched that show so many times i think they did muscle museum there too because i love muscle Museum. great um and but i don't know if you did you watch that show yeah they, they made they kind of made fun of like american fans i know i mean it's not directed towards me because i'm one of the og american fans but they were like i think because i think they performed it was before they did either one from showbiz or origin and they're like matt said something like oh american fans probably won't know this song yeah. <laughs> and i was like hey i do <laughs> but i think he was referring to like the ones that knew about muse from like twilight like just from <laughs> i'm like yeah i i i was already a fan by then so <laughs> i think he was making fun of those fans but i just thought it was kind of funny <laughs> It's like Matt knows. Matt knows. He's aware. So now I can so laugh at myself. So that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you actually listen to them. That's a, that the uh, the older albums because I've met fans who you know they found out about them through yeah Twilight, but they didn't really bother. Or later. <laughs> yeah, or later, but they didn't bother going back. They just you know. So I you know i'm like eh, you're not a big fan <laughs> you're not a true muser <laughs> so any other thoughts on showbiz before we go on to the next one when i'm like i'm just gonna go to europe and hope to hear the song because i don't think they'll ever play it in the u.s <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay them a lot of money <laughs> i'll do it i'll go into credit card debt let's do it i need some live showbiz 
Unless they do my idea where you play an album each night. Come on, Muse, do it. And you know what? For for that, too, I would travel for that. If they do it in a different city, I don't care. I want to hear all the albums in order. And I might do it a second time. That would be amazing. All right. So now this might... It's so hard to pick a favorite, but this might be my favorite. I don't know. It's so hard, but... Unintended. So beautiful. I think, like, honestly, for me, this is probably one of the most beautiful songs of all time. Not just Muse, but, like, of all time. It's so beautiful. Especially every time when the Wembley performance, H-A-R-P, Harp, oh, that performance. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. And, I mean, I've heard covers, people doing it. It's just it's really oh my god it's beautiful i don't know i i'm gonna i might pull up this clip because it's just amazing i don't know if can i show it i don't can i share a screen oh i think i can share a screen here okay i'm gonna pull it up because i just need to show this clip you guys it's amazing it's an amazing cover of unintended it at um during the voice france um i think it was like uh, maybe two years ago but the judges loved it um and one of the judges actually knew the song because he was like singing along to like he's like yeah i'm like oh that judge is a muse fan he's awesome the singer mika i don't know if you know who mika is is but i will show that to you guys but anyway um the highest chart position for unintended was um 20 um this one was produced by paul reeve and there was actually a remix of it uh, MG Remix, okay. Um, and this was, like Matt said, this was one of the other songs where the words came first and then the music. Um, and he explained you know, just some words about this song. He said um, that there are a few unintended love songs. Uh, the song I wrote about the other, about the girl was written in the studio after a phone conversation with her. We called it unintended because it came out of nowhere and I didn't mean for it to happen. All of these feelings for this girl. Aww. Cute. I can definitely like, oh, just so beautiful. Oh my God. So guys, I have to show you this clip of this cover. It's gorgeous. Hopefully this works. I'm going to try to share the screen. Hopefully it works. Can you hear it? Oh my. So beautiful. 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 Okay, I can't, I might get copyright struck, so I can't show the whole thing, but I thought that was beautiful. I wish, just go watch the whole performance. Um, Abby Dos uh, says, I love the final chord progression. Oh, sorry, I think that was a previous, I think I already showed that one. Sorry, I thought that was a new comment. 
Um, and I think, you know, you guys, a lot of you guys know that they actually released, you know, Matt released a, a newer version of this song, an acoustic version on piano and vocals, which was also freaking beautiful, um, you know, during quarantine. And um, he also released, well, he actually released, so he released that version, also the piano lullaby version, and then also uh, an instrumental version um, called the Obibo AI version. So it was an artificial intelligence remaking of the piano version. So um, the harmonic structure was analyzed and it then it created a series of new compositions which imitates the feel of the original but deviates from it. Um, have you heard all of those versions? Uh- I haven't heard the Obibo, but definitely um, when he re-released Unintended last year, the piano version just made me fall in love with the song all over again. And it made me um, feel the song differently, too. I mean, same lyrics and everything, but um, it's just a different take and different feel. And I don't know, it's just amazing how he can put out the same song 20 years later and just blow me away. And his voice, I feel, sounds a little... Well, from the original, I do... I mean, not that much difference, but I definitely feel like it sounded a little bit maybe, you know, older. <laughs> not in a bad way. Distinguished. But... Yes, yes. That's a good way to describe it. Um, definitely, he's definitely not old. Um, and, oh, so Matt apparently was very apprehensive about playing the song live originally. Um, since he had envisioned it being performed using a keyboard, which he did, you know, in 2020, <laughs> um, piano, but he could not afford someone to play one. So the band held off on playing Unintended for quite some time, and it remained a rare song through 1999 before finally being played on regular rotation starting in January 2000. So it was played at m- the majority of the gigs in 2000. Um, and then the amazing harp version. Oh my god, just the emotion. Mm! I love it. Anything uh, else you want to say, um, Gary? About I any- think mm, is a good way to leave it <laughs> at unintended. That's the perfect way to sum it up. That's definitely a song that like I I've kind of comes in my mind when you know you like someone, but maybe like you're not supposed to or you like them but they don't like you back or something like basically when you can't be with someone that you like i kind of think of this song so um definitely very um relatable actually like i'm such a dork actually like back way long ago um you know this is an older song so i you when i used to uh, edit uh, when i first started editing using windows movie maker so that's how old i am that's how long ago this was but like i actually use a song to make a little music video like kind of like a fan like those fan edit ones but it was like from this song like nbc show that got canceled after one <laughs> no mid-season it got canceled and Ouch. it was a show that like i don't even remember the name of it but i was so into it it was about like i think i think this rich family's son got 
and there was like this kind of forbidden kind of attraction between like his older sister and like the security guard or something and you could see that they liked each other so like it made me think of unintended so i actually made a little music video like using clips from the show (laughs) i I think the song was i think the show is actually called kidnapped now that i think about it (laughs) Uh, but at that time i don't think youtube existed so i never put it on youtube because i don't and you know it's i've had several computers since then so i don't have that video anymore but i oh i, I mean i really wanted to see that unintended you know <laughs> but there <laughs> were romance so maybe one day the unknown the hidden um video will come be released sometime um, or it's just like with matt you can just make another version of the video mm-hmm. all these years Not later video. yep <laughs> Uh, oh, and the chart. Pre- oh, this is Uno. Sorry. So Uno, um, we're gonna go on. now. We are on Uno, which, in case you don't know, means one in Espanol. Um, an alternative name for Uno. Guess what it was? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> but they changed it to Uno because we all know that everything just sounds better in another language other than English. So. <laughs> That's why they changed it. I mean, that's why I'm guessing they changed it. I'm not, you know. But um, the highest chart position for Uno was 73. Uh, it was produced by John Leckie. Um, the last performance of it was in on June 28, 2015. And apparently the song deals with throwing away your future or potential. Um, and part of Chris's bass part is identical to a part of the Patty Page song, Conquest. Um, do you know that song, Conquest? I think White Stripes or Jack White did a cover of it. Um, but yeah, so I... Now I got to listen to it. Yes. Um, and it is one of the most famous songs from Showbiz, making an appearance at nearly every gig in 99 and most of the gigs in 2000 and 2001 and it usually is um kind of requested by fans for gigs um and according to matt the song is about an ex-girlfriend that he had um that and he quote um he said the song's a bit about breaking out it's a song sort of to ourselves really about wanting to keep up the vibe not given to the pressure to just go to university and get a job it's like a kick up the a-r-s-e to carry on with what we're doing all right and during the live recording of this during the recording of this song for showbiz an amp actually blew up (laughs) and (laughs) the same thing happened during the recording of escape so it's an explosive album let's get (laughs) Explosive album. You win the pun off now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was an, this was actually an opener during the live gigs in 1999, 2000. Um, And after 1999, the bass outro was commonly played by Matt instead of the usual guitar outro. And this would be, they would be doing this until 2002. Um, For the first half of 2001, the song was played, you know, quite a bit alongside Newborn and Micro Cuts. And when, let's see. Oh, okay. So sorry. I kind of, I kind of got lost. A lot of notes here. But during the Resistance Tours, 
the resistant tours choose the set list gimmick um you know uno was commonly chosen among fans to be played but muse actually did not play it <laughs> they were like screw that one. <laughs> <laughs> so i think uno is another i guess just like cave maybe yeah they're like yeah we don't like this song so <laughs> what a <laughs> shame <laughs> <laughs> crying shame <laughs> it's a crying shame another muse pun yes yes okay um and it could be that uh uno could be about the same person that hyper music and hate this and i'll love you is about uh someone who was associated with the band before they made it who bellamy had a reason to dislike the girl or a guy hmm probably an ex-girlfriend um because it also says that on a similar theme, Sunburn seems to be about a girl who was associated with them. So, whoever that girl was, she's definitely their muse. <laughs> <laughs> a big muse. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything you want to say about uh, Uno? Yeah, um, my second favorite song after Muscle Museum. And um, I, I really, really hope I can hear it live someday. Um, it also... Um, it's got that tango feel to it. Yes. And it's the first song I'm going to listen to when I go to Argentina, whenever that might be, when they let dirty Americans travel. Um, but, you know, growing up, I just, I was brought up on classical and opera and jazz, but like at home, we also listen to a lot of tango and dance it too. So that's why this song grabs me. But when I listen mm -hmm. to the song, Matt sounds so bitter. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> dude, you're so yeah. mad. You're mad, mad right now. Yes. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know why I, I'm not like this, but sometimes I'm just a little tiny bit. You can be all petty and stuff. This is like, I'm feeling a little petty and pissed off right now. I'm going to listen to Uno and just calm myself. It's an angry song, but it calms me down. Mm -hmm. It's more like, hey, you stop acting that way. You know, it's a lesson. Yeah. And it's very, yeah, you know, I definitely get the tangle feel from it. I feel like it's very like seduce like it's it's a song you can play to like if you want to seduce someone that you don't like i don't know because <laughs> of the lyrics but um yeah <laughs> I, I gotta wrap my head around that one for, seduce someone i don't for like revenge for you wanted to seduce them for revenge Ooh, okay <laughs> so okay David said uh when they played it at zenith it was cool were you there that's if you were that's awesome that's or maybe amazing. just watch a, a clip but even so um still amazing yes um so we love we love uno here uno it's funny because you know has a tango feel it's in spanish has has muse been to argentina i don't know they should go they have not um next okay gary are you sober i can neither confirm nor deny that hopefully we're both sober i'm sober now i was not sober earlier in the day <laughs> i had this really strong coconut margarita but now i'm good so, now i am sober but yes sober um alternative titles for sober were only and soba so like maybe soba you know like <laughs> i'm soba dude you know as <laughs> s-o-b-a um, it was produced by Paul Reeve, and this was actually one of the earlier, uh, earliest written songs along Cave, Overdue, and Escape, Muslim Museum, and Hate This, and I'll Love You. 
Um, it appeared on the Newton Abbott demos. And guess what it's about? Alcoholism. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like this. Like, it's so cool. Alcoholism. No, it's not cool. <laughs> don't Being run into sober. an AA meeting yelling that. <laughs> Being sober is cool. Um, the song actually references several different brands of whiskey, namely Royal Canadian, yeah, Wild Turkey, Arbalore, and Jameson. Um, and there was actually a flash-based video made for this song, which features Matt. And it is also in the game. Gran Turismo, which I don't know because I've never played that game. Gary, have you played Gran Turismo? I've, I've played a, a few of them. It's a racing game. You were, yeah, it's a car racing game. And it's been around since like the early days of PlayStation. So it keeps going just like music. Did you did you hear Sober? Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. cool. Um, and just, I guess, some trivia. The guitar part on the chorus sounds like Jimi Hendrix's Foxy Lady. Right. Um, and it was played both uh, in uh, in 19... So, okay. I, the writing, I don't know. I can't really read it. <laughs> so, uh, 1997. That's just it. It was played uh, sometime in 1997. And during 2000, the song was played pretty frequently. Um, but it made two confirmed appearances during the 2001 tour, once in October and November. But then the song was dropped from set list permanently. You need to perform the. You need to perform every single song, Muse, at least once before we die. Just, you know where you can do that, Muse. And my idea about <laughs> one one album per night. Just do it. Just one last hurrah, okay? If you're like, if they're gonna retire, and hopefully it doesn't happen soon. But if Muse decides like, oh, we we don't want to retire, just one last hurrah. Your last tour play do the album tour where you play one album every night properly with the actual every musician needed no track no backing tracks no any vocalists you need like i know it would be the most expensive tour of all time <laughs> but it's gonna be worth it you're gonna make the money back because if people know it's the last hurrah they're gonna pay the money all right Maybe I should be your manager. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm coming up with all these ideas to You've make got the money. ideas. Yeah. Muse, come on. Give me some money. Like, I just want 5%. Not even 10. Just 5%. And I'll be the manager. Or co-manager, at least. We don't want to fire your, your current one. Um, do you want to say anything else about Sober? Um, just, just a fun song to listen to. Um, hard going. Um, kind of humorous. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I started. I started out sober before this song, and now I sound like a drunk. So it did its job. Oh, sure. <laughs> so let's see this comic from David Mu. Um, do you think the new songs must always be better than the old songs? Um, it would be nice, I guess, if like you definitely see that they're improving. Um, but I don't know. I feel like a most of from what I see, like a lot of bands, like I usually end up liking their older stuff more than their new stuff. The majority of bands I like, I, and I don't, I, my theory as to why I like the, like I usually tend to like older stuff better is because it seems, it usually seems to be like less overproduced. I feel like the more, like further on bands get into their career, like it's just like, 
it's happened with so many bands I like where like I'll listen to their first album and I'm like, yes, so good. I love it. It's more like them. Like, and then you listen to like their current album. It's like, it's so overproduced. I don't want all this other like effects and things like that. But Muse is like, it's still good. But other bands, it's just like a little, yeah, I just usually tend to like their older stuff better. So what do you think, Gary, about this? Do you think that they're... It it just kind of ends up happening this way. And it's not even like a muse thing. Like let's take a classic band like the Rolling Stones. I would much rather listen to Sticky Fingers than maybe Steel Wheels. Good albums or anything. But when a a band is younger, they're just hungrier. And you Mm -hmm. can feel that in their music and their lyrics. Um, Like the wealth hasn't really kicked in yet. Because what I, the thing about art, any art, once you get comfortable your art suffers. Um, And I'm not really saying that Muse is suffering by any means because they're, they're still amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've loved seeing, I don't want to say improvement because it's not like they were ever bad, but just the changes within the band and the sounds of the band, like every album is different. That's what I love. It's not like ACDC where every album sounds the same. Um, (laughs) Even though I like ACDC, um, but it just, you can, hear the hunger and you can feel the hunger and just more raw emotions and you know people mature and mellow out a little bit um so yeah it's just older stuff tends to have that edge over newer stuff another band that i can kind of think of is like the strokes like i love their first album but like i it's like as the album's going on and on it's just harder for me to like get really into it as much just because yeah it's just that's i just think yeah producers it's i mean some are great but i feel like just sometimes maybe executives or something i don't know they interfere a little bit with like oh it's that that expression too many chefs in the kitchen like everyone inputs something and just ruins the whole dish you know Mm -hmm. it could be that with the overproducing yes all right so now we're gonna um escape this (laughs) this this song into escape the escape key don't press that one i'm gonna quit the stream no, i'm just kidding so lots of netscape no i'm just kidding anyone remember netscape all right um so alternative titles for escape were you're meaningless and escape your meaningless um latest live performance was october 14th 2000 it was produced by um John Leckie um, for Showbiz and Paul Reeve did the EP version. And this is another song that starts off pretty mellow and then becomes, you know, pretty heavy. Um, just, you know, trademark. It's definitely, you know, Muse's MO. <laughs> um, and um, okay, so in November 2008, uh, a f- fan asked them, like, I guess they picked different, like, questions from fan to ask to answer and one of the fans asked tell us a song that you really love but you think is underrated by the fans and chris said i really liked escape from the first album it's not a track that we ever really played much live and not a track that i've ever heard anyone say it was their favorite shame it's crying shame (laughs) anyone um just if you meet chris tell him that escape is your favorite song he's gonna love you (laughs) 
that's another trick right there. Just I'm just trying to help people out. So if you want Chris to remember you, or maybe all of Muse, they'll be like, "Escape is your favorite song. <laughs> You're our favorite fan now." <laughs> Um, so this is the other song where Matt blew up an amp during the recording of it. So <laughs> raw power. Yeah. Um, and it is about a man who is questioning himself about his actions to his loved one, uh, which may cause have caused her to leave him and bring depression to the man. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely see, you know, trying to escape life um in the end he b now believes his life is meaningless and insignificant and there's no one that can change his view on it he then now chooses to escape his life by who yes the s word um just trying to be careful with just because of youtube and stuff um and it could also be could also possibly be a song about uh, Matt's parents divorce uh, because of the line why can't you just love her it, it could be you know Matt begging his dad to stay with his mom and uh, you know but I'll still take all the blame which could be kind of you know how like children sometimes they'll blame themselves for their parents divorce are his parents divorced I did not know that if, if that's actually true I'm I'm a child of divorce so I can relate yep um and although it was played in 97, it is unknown exactly how often. Um, it was not played for the first half of 99 based off of what is currently known. Um, but they did play it for uh, the first time on the Showbiz Tour in uh, July 12, 1999. And it was rarely played uh, with one known exception being the November 6th performance. Um, so they played it, you know, sometimes in like 2000, like here and there and stuff. But then um, after that, not really much. Have I seen this one live escape? No, I don't think I've seen ever. I've ever seen escape being played live, but that would be nice. All these songs just make me like want to hear all of them being played live. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Muse, come on, just do my idea go on tour and play every album well it's at least what, the first four <laughs> when it's something you can't have you want it even more yes exactly um because you know what it's just you know i feel like seeing showbiz being performed live again it is overdue <laughs> which is the next so yes overdue <laughs> you see I'm, I'm i'm so good with all these <laughs> and you said you were tired come on <laughs> how i stay stay up um it was produced by john leckie for the album and paul reeve on the ap and it was the first the first muse song and i on a commercial muse record um, and actually the EP version is different from the showbiz version because there is a slow bridge in the middle and additional lyrics and they got rid of the last chorus. Um, so the first, the first time this song was played was sometime prior to Soundwaves 1997, um, the recording, which is the first known performance of Overdue. Um, it was commonly played throughout 97 and 98 um, as they had thought, you know, this song had some potential, but by 99, they didn't play it as much. And it was usually the opener, uh, during the, those shows. And during 2000, it was played at mostly every gig for the first half of January. And then they changed, um, this, the sets, they changed the set list 
And out of all the tracks from Showbiz, it was played the least in 2000, um, apart from Hate This and All Love You. Um, and then it is written in 4-4 time, but changes to 6-4 time during the chorus. And the song moves at a tempo of 108 beats per minute. All right. So let's let's have a little bit of escape in the background. Hopefully uh, YouTube doesn't remove this video. <laughs> but what do you think, Gary, of Overdue? Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... It, it makes me sad because when I hear this song, it it's telling me that the album's almost over. So I have mixed feelings about it. Aww. That's just something I always uh, get. Um, it's um, it also just the lyrics are kind of sad too. It's uh, it's like a wistfulness type thing. Um, mm. Like you're missing <laughs> out on something. Are you, oh my god, are you okay? keep going <laughs> yeah um yeah it's just uh well, um the lyrics um you know that i care you should have been there um mm-hmm. it just it, it, for some reason it hits me hard and it makes me really sad too yeah definitely like you know i can definitely relate to you know maybe not being appreciated or you know yeah people taking you for granted and stuff and muse here's another idea I need to be their manager, okay? We need to kind of, you know, use this song to, like, comp- sell it to companies so that way, like, if, you know, you know how I, we all have, you know, subscriptions to things or whatever, so when your bill is overdue, <laughs> maybe, like, you can send a little video to customers with that song. I don't know. <laughs> like, a reminder. Just use it for something, okay? Um <laughs> Or, you know, you can use it for, like, uh, what's it called? A, a gram? A singing telegram kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Um, when maybe people are overdue on something, library, like, books or something, go to their house. <laughs> <laughs> should have been there. <laughs> go pay your bill. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's just an idea. I know Muse is listening, so I'm just giving them <laughs> money-making ideas. Come on. Come on. Um Oh my gosh, guys. So we are at the end, and I hate this, but um, we love this album. <laughs> so we are at Hate This and I Love You. Hate This and I Love You. Um, so I feel like, you know, maybe they're they're t- talking to us like, you hate this is the end of the album, but don't worry, guys. We love you for listening to it. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, so an alternative title for this song was uh, just Hate This. So it would have been just called Hate This. Um, but I kind of like the one that they went with because I feel if it was just called Hate This, it sounds very, you know, hateful, angry. But if it's Hate This and I'll Love You, it sounds like a little bit nice. You know, it kind of... <laughs> It cushions the blow, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then you know, if you listen to it, well, at least at the beginning, it doesn't really sound angry. Again, another one that starts off with crickets. Do you hear the crickets? Let me know. I hear the crickets. That's part of the <laughs> trivia of this song. The, you hear you do you hear it right? Hear it? Crickets. Yeah. yeah. These are the kind of crickets you do want to hear. Not when you're like trying to be funny and. All you hear are crickets. <laughs> you don't want to hear those crickets. You want to hear them Never. on the song. So, um, so it is the uh, this song is rarely per- played live, um, and the song 
Wait, there's actually different lengths of this song? Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess there's different versions. I don't, I don't know if I've heard all of them. Um, the actual international version is five minutes and nine, five minutes and nine seconds long. Oh, okay. Um, and then near the end of the song, Matt's voice is heavily panned left and right. And this is their only song to do so. And I think I do hear that, you know, definitely when you have headphones on, um, and this song is probably about growing tired of a relationship of uh, which you've given your partner too many chances yet, which like overdue is kind of around like the same type of thing. Um, and the song was first played live in August 15th, 1997, based on, you know, something that Matt said, but according to MuseWiki, he's kind of been wrong about these things. <laughs> you know, he could be wrong about it. <laughs> you know, he got a little crazy back then, so his memory <laughs> maybe not so great. Um, but it was the song was completely abandoned during 2000, unless the until the last 12 gigs of the year when they made a few appearances. As a complete turnaround, the song was played at nearly every gig in early 2001. After May 2001, the song only made a few appearances in June and July before being completely cut as Origin was released. Sorry, I hit the microphone. Um, so yeah, sad. I don't think I've heard this one perform live. I would love to. And if Muse performs this one live, you need to have the crickets. Like, I want actual crickets. <laughs> like, I don't want to track with the microphone. <laughs> I need crickets actually there. <laughs> live crickets. Yeah, that's like adding uh, more money to the budget. We're going to have a cricket handler, like, you know, taking well, care cricket of Cricket unions are tough. They, they want a lot for their clients. Yeah. I have a cricket phone, actually. So there we go. <laughs> Cricket can be the sponsor of the tour. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to my ideas. I'm telling you. You know how I'm how much money I could be making you? Muse, you need to let me be your manager. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Hashtag Anais for Muse's manager or co-manager. We gotta get that trending. Yes, or publicist. I don't know. I'm just trying to make you money, okay? <laughs> because the more money you make, hopefully the more you'll keep making music. So I want to see this album played live again with crickets. Uh, let's. We need those crickets. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket guest star. <laughs> so guys, we have a special guest. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. He's going to be Philippine. Yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> Um, so anything you have to say about hate this and I, I'll love you. I, I think you've said it all. It's just, yeah. I like the spaciness of it at the end where it's like this, it's kind of like you're going out in space. I don't know how they make that sound. How do you make that? Is it the guitar? That kind of like, kind of sounds like kind of spacey type of sound. Yeah. It's just, I think Perfect. it's just a lot of heavy distortion and echo. Yeah. Okay. It, it's kind of cool how they end um end the song and the album this way because I've always looked at the album and just thought of space, you know. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, the cover, you know, is uh, it looks like a woman walking on the moon with water. I don't know. If you guys can see. Right <laughs> Look at the reflection. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird that Matt has a credit on the for the cover. 
I I wonder if that was his girlfriend <laughs> that he wrote the songs about. Yeah. Um. So let me. Be, so we're like pretty much toward the end. We, you know, we got to the end of the album. Um. Let me look at some comments before we end because we have been going on for almost an hour and a half, which is crazy. Never ever feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But. I don't see any new comments, but I just want to thank anyone who watched and Ab Abby Doss and David MU for your for actually commenting. Thank you. And gotta thank Gary. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at the Gary D33. Anything else you would like to say before we go? Yeah. Um, the last line in Hate This and I Love You. Um, it's just so appropriate for this band. I'm getting strong in every way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they are because we saw what they did on the next album, next album, their whole career. So what a nice little way to finish off the appetizer that was showbiz, even though it's really a main course. And um, I just think it's a very underappreciated album. And if you haven't listened to showbiz, please do so. You're missing out. Yes, definitely. And it's just, uh, just so I, every time I listen to it, it's just Im impressive to me. Like they wrote it at such a you know young age, and it's you never would have known. Like I, if someone would have just like shown me this album, they're like, oh, guess the ages, guess you know eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> like no way, never. And it's amazing. Um, so thank you, Gary, for joining me on this journey going uh going through showbiz and yes appreciating thanks for taking me on the trip i love it thanks so much the debut album of one of the best bands ever muse World. listen to my ideas and make more money <laughs> um but before we go i just want to remind you guys um, not only to you know follow gary um but also you know check out again um hwa music who you know i showed his unintended a little clip of his unintended cover at the beginning he's very talented with his covers also you know just random shout out to another podcast called what is music podcast because what they do in every season is they actually kind of go over the discography of a different band and right now they're actually on muse there it's their second season their first season was about manic street preachers second season is about muse so nice. they're going through all the muse albums um so you know they seem like pretty cool blokes um because they're from the uk <laughs> so shout out to uh what is music pod uh they're pretty awesome uh lucas steve and what's the other name adam i believe i don't want to get their names wrong just yeah so yeah check them out if you want more muse because i know there's not that much muse podcast content um but if you want and then their podcasts are actually quite they're longer Okay, if you think mine are long, my episodes, no, theirs go past two hours because it's three guys. So, you know, they, they talk a little bit more. So it's Lucas, Steve, and Adam. There we go. So, yeah, check them out. What is Music Pod on Instagram? Um, you can get follow, you know, MuseCast on Instagram at MuseCastPod. So follow us. And I definitely plan on doing a giveaway. I know I've mentioned that before, but it's just I've been busy, so I haven't actually done it but i have the actual item so don't worry it's gonna happen so if you want to actually be eligible for the podcast um the giveaway you have to follow 
um follow the instagram account because that's where i'm gonna announce it all right so that is it for showbiz amazing debut album playing an amazing band and hopefully one day they'll perform all the songs live again all right and so as just to you know leave you guys on an awesome showbiz note Not plan on doing that. <laughs> that that was not a little too too fast but all right that's it uh i was gonna show you guys that so um again i'm your host Eddie lucia i'm talking too long I'm gonna say bye thank you gary and we'll talk to you guys next time on uh newscast bye-bye Before-